Hello, and welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am thrilled that you're listening. If you are a old-time listener, you may have noticed that I have switched how I'm doing my podcast and updated it, and it's kind of something that I've been thinking about doing for quite a long time. Um, I want to have kind of this part now in my episode every week where I just kind of talk about the latest biohacking things that I'm into um, on top of and in addition to the interviews that I do. So that's what we're doing now. And I'm really excited to bring out the new format for you, um, which is kind of in line with my new website coming out very soon as well. So things that are kind of top of mind for me today as I do this is of course, the new aura ring that has come out. Um, <laughs> I, when I got this notification last week, I was shocked that I, I was shocked that we're still on Gen two, to be honest, and we haven't even come out with a Gen three yet. Um, as somebody who got an aura ring in 2019, like March 2019, I actually won it in a contest on Instagram. I, Dave Asprey had a contest and I submitted a photo or something like that. And anyway, I won. I was one of the winners. Um, and so I've had my aura ring since then and I love it. I absolutely love it. And so when I got this notification, I was very excited and I'm in a aura ring Facebook group. Um, there are so many people in that. Like I, I don't even know what it's called. Maybe like aura ring support group or something like that. And there has been so many people posting about how they're doing this and should you get the third one and the features and now the subscription model and the prices. And it's been so interesting to watch this like marketing push that's come out. So I definitely want to just talk about it. And I'm so curious after you listen to this, like if you have a Gen 2 ring and you're upgrading to the third one. Um, kind of like, what are your thoughts and, and if you are doing it and and why? So I'll kind of tell you where I'm at with it. I, you know, so my ring is very scratched and the the battery sucks on it. <laughs> and I, I've read people who've had the ring for two years, three years, and the battery's still great, but mine is pretty bad. Like I have to charge mine, I think like every two days now. Um, and I forget a lot and then it doesn't track my scores and my nighttime metrics at all, which is really frustrating. So I have kind of been frustrated with my aura ring for the last few months already before this new one was even going to come out. And because I already own one prior to this, I actually have like an offer that I have to use, like probably most people listening if they have one. And it's like, I think from today, I have another week where I get $50 off if I upgrade to the third one and then I have a lifetime membership. So I don't have to pay the $6 a month that they're now charging. So I think this is interesting. Like I, I love some of the new features and I, I can see the appeal um, because now it does a lot of daytime tracking as well. So it's not just this sleep tracker, which is like where it first started, but it's also like activities and workouts. And so I, I see the appeal. One of the biggest selling points as well is like their new temperature tracking. So it has seven different trackers in the ring 
And this helps detect temperatures for females in terms of their menstrual cycle. So right now in the morning, I take my temperature every morning with a thermometer and I put it into my natural cycles app, which is uh, basically like a birth control cycle syncing menstrual cycle app. And it kind of tells me where I am in my cycle and when ovulation can be predicted and when my period can be predicted. But now Aura Ring has like all of these new sensors so that you can literally just track your period with the Aura Ring app. So I think this is really interesting. And I love that I love that they're doing this. And and some of the criticism to this was like, oh, they're only doing this to market towards females and um, you know, like it doesn't really matter and they shouldn't be like doing this. And like, I was kind of reading all of these comments in the Facebook group. And then I wrote in and I was like, this is actually really nice to see because I feel like aura in general, like the aura ring has been very male dominant. And especially when they took away like their rose gold band or the one that had the diamonds in it, that was more feminine. Like it kind of just furthered this idea that, biohacking is mostly men and like aura ring is very male dominant. And so now that they're coming out with these features that are literally for women and they have the gold ring back, like I, I love that. And I think it's appropriate and it's awesome to feel supported like that as a female biohacker. And I think a lot of female biohackers also feel like that. So I'm kind of stoked on it. So I think that I am going to order the third one. And I'm going to get the gold one, which is more expensive, but it drives me nuts having a black ring, like, cause I won the, um, the stealth one. So it's like matte black, but it's so like, I create so much content for social media and like for other brands that when I take photos or film and I have this like black ring on, it just looks so masculine. So I'm going to get the gold one and I, yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. And I'm curious to see how it's going to go in terms of that temperature tracking. And I'm probably going to get rid of my natural cycles app, which I pay for every year already. I think it's like 80 bucks a year and then just start using the aura ring for tracking my cycle and also birth control as well. So it's kind of nice. So I think I'm going to do that and yeah, see how it goes. Like I know you have to get the sizing kit first because they changed the sizes, and there's all of these like different steps that you have to do, but I love the aura ring and I use it every day. So it kind of seems like a worthwhile investment to me. I don't have an Apple watch. I don't have a Garmin. I don't have a Fitbit. I don't really like any of that stuff. I also just don't think I need it for my lifestyle. So yeah. So I'm curious if you're going to get the new one, definitely, definitely let me know. And I'm curious as well to see the reviews that come out for it. So for anyone listening who doesn't have a generation two ring, we have like, like when this offer came out, they were like, okay, you have to take this offer within 14 days. Otherwise you, otherwise after that you have to pay for the ring in full. And I, I don't know if you still get lifetime access to the, to the subscription model. I'm not sure, but yeah, so that's what, that's what they're saying. And so some people are frustrated because it's kind of like you, they put a gun to our head and said, hey, make this purchase. Otherwise, this offer is going away. And I know that frustrates a lot of people. So, And we're kind of like purchasing something without any of 
any reviews, right? Because no one has the third ring right now. And we're just spending $500 being like, yeah, I'm going to trust that what you've developed is legit and is good. So I'm very curious to kind of see how the next couple of weeks go. Um, the aura ring is like a big thing in the biohacking world. <laughs> and so I, yeah, it's just interesting when, when this type of thing happened. Um, but yeah, aside from that, like things are obviously going pretty well. October was a fantastic month. I ended my gym membership and I'm considering getting a Peloton, which I posted on Instagram last weekend, I think it was. And so I'm kind of going through that process right now of like looking at the bike versus the bike plus and like, is it worth it? And again, it's the same thing of like buying this big purchase item and then also uh, having a subscription model, which is like, I feel like a lot of fitness fitness brands are kind of doing that now. I get it. Like you make a lot of money from it. So like it makes sense. But yeah, so I'm kind of like toying with this idea of no longer having a gym membership and just having a Peloton and cycling and doing their fitness classes and that type of thing and kind of like seeing how that goes. Um, Cause I think I need a change. And with winter coming too, I think I will work out more if I have something directly in my house than, um, not having to like drive to a gym or work or walk to a gym and wear a face mask and do all those things. So I think, I think it's, yeah, I think it's the best bet. Um, the other thing with Peloton too is like the community seems very appealing. Like I used to, a few, like, I don't even know, have five, six years ago now, I used to work at Lululemon and it's kind of the same thing of like, it's kind of a cult, it kind of has a big community. And it's like very, once you're in it, you're in it. And I've I've come to realize that I'm actually quite a sucker for like health cults like that or like wellness cults. And like, I don't even feel bad saying that. Like, it's just like part of being a biohacker and part of being, I don't know, like part of my personality is just like, I love stuff like that. So I think that's also why the Peloton is so appealing to me is like, I want to be a part of this community and I want to like follow all of these people on social media who are instructors and like go to their live classes and like do all the thing. Um, you know, and, and it's fun because like when you work from home and you're an entrepreneur and you you're contracting for different companies and you know, you're doing all this work, it's, it can be very lonesome. So like the idea of being a part of a community, but still being able to do it from home is like something that, really, really tugs on me and, and makes me want to join. So I will keep you updated. I'm If I'm going to make the purchase, it's going to be this week. So by the time I put out another episode next week, you will know if I bought one or not. Um, and then I'll definitely do a review, oh my goodness, and tell you everything about how it's going. So yeah, so that's it for updates. Obviously, I'm, I'm really looking at tech right now if I'm looking at an Aura Ring and a, a Peloton in the same week. But that's kind of life right now. And this week I am really excited about it. I have Jerry Kai Kendall on the podcast. Uh, this is episode 72 and he, he's a gem. This was, this podcast was one of those ones where I made notes going into it. And then we kind of just talked and the episode ended up just being very, very good without asking the questions I wanted to ask or, you know, without like kind of a formal question and answer. It was very conversational. 
And I really appreciate Jerry's honesty. Like we talked a lot about health freedom and COVID and regulations and a lot of things that people find kind of sticky right now and and don't want to talk about, you know? And so it was really nice to kind of hear his perspective and yeah, I just really appreciate his honesty with it. And it's nice to actually hear what people are thinking and not just have everything be like hush hush and no one is saying anything except for like the big wigs, like, you know, Dave Asprey lately on Instagram or Dr. Mercola or someone like that, you know? So yeah, I really appreciate this episode and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. It was nice to just like open up and be really vulnerable with each other. And, and I really appreciate that. And also shout out to this week's sponsors, BioOptimizers, obviously my favorite brand of digestive enzymes and Hannah Life. I'm using their immunity focused uh, coffee powder right now, which I also love. So yeah, enjoy this one and I will catch you next week. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am so happy that you are listening this week and you are joining us for a open discussion on health and biohacking and everything that I'm kind of into lately. This week on the podcast, we have Jerry Kai Kendall on the show, who is the owner of Biohacking Truth and a holistic health practitioner. And he really guides people around true health freedom. So, which we're going to dive into both on a micro and macro level and, and kind of what that means for each of us personally, but also what that means for us as a society, especially here in North America. Uh, he focuses a lot on back and joint pain, obesity, mental, emotional, and spiritual distress, which sounds like a very biohacking way to kind of work with clients. So, Jerry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brittany. It's a pleasure to be on here. It's an honor. Yeah, thank you. So let's start with you. What happened or kind of, yeah, what happened on your journey and your, your health journey and experience that kind of led you towards biohacking it and creating a company? Yeah, yeah. So for me, I was the typical American lifestyle and where, where we're consuming and we are just kind of letting our life happen to us and reacting the way we best know how. And that got me in a situation where I experienced obesity at a very early age. It really became a deep uh, self-image thing for me. And so that became a part of me, became part of my identity. And as I grew up, my self-image wasn't really where it needed to be to be uh, successful and fulfilled. And, you know, through the course of that, of course, as we stack bad habits, bad results tend to manifest because of that. And my case was no different. So somewhere along the lines of my mid thirties, I, I really realized that I needed to make a change. And it was at that point I was, oh, a good 80 pounds overweight. I had arthritis and every area of my cervical spine and my shoulders and my hips and in my knees. And so I went to the doctor to get a checkup and really to get the come to Jesus meeting. And I was expecting the riot act. I was drinking half a gallon of vodka per week, plus about 50 beer, obviously not sleeping. <laughs> um, and so, so I was just ready, you know, I'd hit rock bottom and I was ready for an intervention. And so I went to that doctor and instead of getting that intervention, I walked away with a couple prescriptions and one of them was a highly addictive SSRI. And so that really infuriated me, which led me down the path of finding the right answers on my own. And it was then I stumbled across the Czech Institute where I, I do my studies. And I found that holistic, the holistic nature of the human body and how that all ties into our mind and our spirit and 
what we manifest. And in really short order, I started being able to overcome these lifelong ailments. And what led me into biohacking was realizing that in this world we live in, we are set up to be fat, sick, and nearly dead, to steal the term from the famous movie. But we're really set up to be that way. From the moment we're born, we're given drugs, we're scheduled on doctor visits, whether we need it or not. And we just get conditioned to this lifestyle. And, and so, like I said, I realized really quick that that wasn't the answer. And once I did stumble across the answer, then I realized that this is the answer. This is the secret. We have to biohack our way out of this mess. We have to be intentional. We have to intentionally change our external environment to, to get our body to express the genes for health, longevity, and athleticism. So that's really what led me into it. And it was um, inevitable, I feel. It was such a strong pull motivator and such a strong push motivator that there's really no way to avoid this. I think it was just kind of like universe or God or however you want to look at it, just saying, here you go. Here's why you're here. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's pretty profound that, you know, you say you hit rock bottom and then you made this drastic decision and drastic switch mm-hmm. to a completely different way of living. And unfortunately, it, that's what it takes for a lot of people to actually be open to this type of thing and change what they're doing and make better choices. A a lot of the time, unless it's serious enough, people kind of ignore things and brush it under the rug and deal with it at a later time. So Uh when you were kind of going through that transition of, okay, I need a wake up call, I have to change, like those first few months or that first year, like how difficult was that for you? You know, for me personally, it wasn't difficult because I had hit rock bottom. I never understood what rock bottom was. I, I really, I mean, we're familiar with the concept, but it's just like having kids or being married. You don't, you can explain it to somebody, but until you hit it, you don't understand. And so for me personally, it was, I, I was, I became well aware of the fact, and I don't know where this vision came from or where this intuition came from, but it was like instantly, I knew right away, it was like, you're going to die within 20 years if you don't do something about this. It was that strong, loud voice. You know, there's that saying, if, if you've got a big enough dream, you don't need a crisis. And for me, I didn't have a dream at the time. I didn't know my purpose. I wasn't in touch with it. And so I was just reacting to life. And I was, I was hit right upside the head with a giant crisis, which forced me to act. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm glad that it did. I, I'm glad that it did. So I know you talk about like living in a world that we aren't evolved to live in and to be in. And when you use that type of language, like what do you mean by that? Yeah. So, you know, if you just look at like the human genome and what it takes to actually evolve, uh, it's something like for one tenth of one percent of the genome to change, it's something like 100,000 years. And don't quote me on that. It might be like 10,000, but you know, it's a lot of years. And so if you look at the world we live in with all the EMF, the constant uh, barrage of, of celebrities and Instagram models and people with perfect bodies and perfect makeup and perfect smiles, and we're just living in this world where we can't keep up with our own desires. We just can't. There's not enough hours in the day. And so that's really what I mean. And the food we're eating isn't food, right? And that, that was created for convenience. You know, working moms and busy families and processed food came about to make life easier for us. But in the effort to make everything easy and convenient, what we're doing is we were carving away from time from important things, family time, health, personal care. And basically that extra time and convenience just got shifted over to our career pursuits. And if you look at where we're at right now, what does everybody talk about when we talk about legacy? Or when you ask somebody, who are you or what do you do? It's always about their career. 
And so it's, again, that all just ties into this consumption mindset. So we are not living, you know, anywhere near our primal nature and and our primal selves. And uh, not that we ever could in this modern world, but we certainly can biohack our way into a more, more evolved version of ourselves to be human, be the animal that we've become to, that we've evolved to be. We're the most complex organism, you know, that's ever been found in our, our, what our our brain is capable of. I don't even think we'd scratch the surface of understanding that yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think it's interesting how reliant we now are on these things that have made life easier for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and I include myself in that. Like I yep, definitely, too. I definitely do. And I think you only kind of realize it when you kind of take it away. So I think of like when I go camping off grid for a weekend and you're literally like making food over a fire yeah. and like j- just all of that, like just really taking technology away and things that have made life easier, like stoves and microwaves and all of these different things. Yeah. Right? So. It's just interesting how, and like you said, like now that things are so much easier for humans, what are we doing with all this extra time? Yes. And you're exactly right. We're literally working. We, who works a 40 hour week? I don't like, I work way more than that. By Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. By Wednesday. <laughs> and, and if you do work 40 hours and of course, nothing against that, like your extra time, are you on social media? Are you watching Netflix? And so it's kind of like we've created easy solutions to fix these quote unquote problems. And then with the extra time, we're literally doing nothing and just consuming media or overworking. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing, right? Is, and that's why things like biohacking and holistic principles are so important because the, the beautiful thing about biohacking is it, I don't want to say gamifies health, but it, it keeps things interesting, right? You have to be intentional. You can't just be a biohacker and just kind of like wake up and react to your day, right? I mean, you're intentional from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. We're planning for bedtime two, three hours in advance and all that. And like you said, we've kind of just put all our eggs into the career retirement pension basket. And like you said, when we have some free time, what are we doing with it? What we don't, most of us walking around don't even understand the concept of our purpose and our legacy. And then when you look at like how that ties into fulfillment and longevity, there's scientific studies that have been done on it. It really shows that not only are we in a bad place overall, but we're on a trajectory to just get worse, unfortunately. But we got to be honest with ourselves. I think that's really where we're at. But I would like to add that, that I'm seeing this major shift occur. And, and I'm not sure if you can speak to this as well, Brittany, but I've seen this major shift occur in people and their awareness and their understanding of concepts like this really starting to grow. Just curious what you think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I think it's hard in terms of like fulfillment. Like Mm -hmm. I think our, I think what we think is going to fulfill us doesn't. Mm -hmm. And then we're kind of confused by that because we've been sold the idea of like the quote unquote American dream. Yeah. You know, like just work hard and keep working hard. And then you're going to make all of this money and you'll be able to buy whatever you want. And then you're going to be happy when you get to that point. Yeah. When you're 70. When you're 70. Yeah. But until you're at that point, nope, sorry, you can't be happy and you can't be fulfilled. So like that whole narrative is so strong in our culture. Even like I live in Canada and it's the same thing. It's the same. It's the same work hard to play hard 
in the future when you retire at 65, yeah. but not Hopefully now. You have the health and energy to enjoy that time too. Exactly, exactly. But I do think you're right. Like I think this generation in terms of like millennials and, and Gen Z are questioning that and and pushing those boundaries. So even like myself now, when I talk to friends like in this age, it's like, I don't want to wait until I'm 65 to go and travel and and spend all the money that I've worked so hard for. Like, how can we create that kind of balance now and fulfillment now? And then the the boomers, <laughs> they like that my friend's parents, right? Like who have enough money to retire right now in their 50s, maybe before 65, like they retire and they stop working. But then a few years into it, they are bored and then they go back to work because they don't know what to do with themselves and they don't know what to do with the time. It's not like they need the money anymore, but it's like, oh, I don't want to just sit around. So now I'm going to go back to work. So I think this whole question of fulfillment is massive. And I, I don't know where we're getting it from. That's actually a healthy place anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, it all boils down to what we believe to be the path, right? There's no hero's journey talk. There's no self-discovery talk. There's no rite of passage anymore, really. And so it's like, yeah, like you said, in, in that example is just like what we were talking about. So they retired at, let's say, 70. But when did they start that that strategy of really having nothing else to do in their life besides work and family? Well, probably started in their 20s, right? And this, what you just mentioned, really hits close to home. I didn't really mention it, you know, in my intro because I didn't want to take up too much time. But a big part of my story was that when I started going through my realization, which would, you know, that, that point in the hero's journey, right? The realization phase for me was I was currently 34 years old. I'm 43 now. I was 34. I was uh, a manager of a grocery store. I was making six figures plus bonus, beautiful family, dogs, the whole thing, retirement, yeah, the whole yeah. nine yards. And it just, it just hit me. It's like, this ain't it, bro. This ain't, this ain't you. This isn't your path. And, and it's like, holy crap. So right then and there, I made a decision to pivot. And the wife was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, but I got to do it. And uh, that was about a year ago that I left that business. And to your point, how do we change our definition of purpose and legacy? It's like people have got to just have the guts to follow their purpose. Mm. They've just yeah. got to do it. Because what are you waiting for? Like yeah. you're sitting in prison, waiting yeah. for that day when you're 70, you might not live to see it. I recently received a question from one of my listeners. She wanted to know if it was possible to avoid digestion problems by eating only healthy organic food. And while it's a nice thought, unfortunately, it's just not possible. You see, your natural ability to digest food declines with age. This is because your body produces fewer enzymes, which are the proteins responsible for digesting food. Fewer enzymes means more difficulty digesting food every single time. Even organic foods won't produce enough enzymes to properly digest them. This is especially true if you cook your food because cooking kills these enzymes. This is why you may have digestion problems even after a healthy meal. Your body just can't produce enough enzymes to get the job done. This is where supplementing with a high quality enzyme supplement can be a huge help. I personally recommend Mass Enzymes by BioOptimizers. This is the product that I use myself and I always recommend to all of my clients. It's a best-in-class supplement loaded with full-spectrum enzymes for digesting proteins, starches, sugars, fibers, and fats. 
Taking mass enzymes daily helps top off your enzyme levels and replace the enzymes your body is no longer producing, which means you'll be able to eat all sorts of delicious foods and digest them quickly and effortlessly. After you start taking mass enzymes, you may even notice that you no longer feel bloated after meals and that your belly feels flatter, which we all love. And if you have leaky gut, which I did 12 years ago, which really first got me started in on my health journey, I wish I had this, this product at that time, but mass enzymes can help reduce this gut irritation and help you absorb more nutrients. So honestly, listen, like life is too short to suffer from digestion problems. Try mass enzymes risk-free and see what improvements you notice. For an exclusive offer, obviously for my listeners, just go to massenzymes.com slash biohackingbrittany and use my code biohackingbrittany for 10% off. Oh, and also for a limited time, BioOptimizers is also giving away free bottles of their best-selling products, P3OM and HCL with select purchases only while supplies last. So hurry now and order yours to get your free gifts. So just go to massenzymes.com slash biohackingbrittany, and that's spelled M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S, and use my discount code biohackingbrittany to get 10% off and get more than $50 worth of free supplements. Yeah, and I, I think it's also interesting because, and, and I'll just speak to North America because I'm not sure where else pertaining to, but... I think for a long time, we as a society were very religious in in different religions. And I think there was a lot of fulfillment that came from that in terms of believing in something bigger than ourselves and going to some sort of ceremony every week, whether it's like a synagogue or church, whatever it is. And I think there was a lot of like, my spirit feels fulfilled and seen and heard and I'm living for this bigger purpose than myself. But now I think we've, as a society, become more secular over time. And I definitely have myself, like I grew up super Christian and I'm not anymore. And I see that in a lot of my friends as well. And so I think like something that we had that was fulfilling us, we no longer have. And so now it's like, yeah, we, we just have become so independent and we lack this understanding. And I'm not saying the answer is to move back towards religion. I like our, I'm not against religion at all, right. but for the, per, for the average person who maybe isn't religious, like, how do you find that fulfillment? I, I, and I don't have the answer. I'm just so interested in it. Yeah. That, that gives me chills because generally the people that you work with that, that don't have some sort of concept of a bigger picture right? Whether that be a creator or even something bigger than themselves. For some, it's like they can't get outside of their own box. And so just thinking about like friends and family is like too much. And when you, the hardest question you can ask, I think somebody is, who am I or who are you? Because we start talking about things we do, right? Our career, who we parent, who we're married to. But it's like, no, who are you? What is your purpose? Like, And for me, it's quite the process working with people. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the answer this question, give me 50 answers. And write down a hundred things you want to do before you die. And it's really a big process, but it, and then it all boils down to a couple succinct phrases, right? Personal manifestos. And, uh, but to be honest with you, not, there's a very small percentage of the people that are willing to go there. And it's like, how do we get, how do we get more people on board with that? To dump whatever stigma that goes into that. And that is a question that, that I am seeking currently as well. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a lot to unpack there. And I think there's a lot of identity tied up with our work and, Mm. and we personally feel it when we're doing well at work and we personally feel it when we're not doing well. And it makes sense because it takes up so much time of our week, like so much mental capacity. There's so much emotion and we're always thinking about it when we're working, when we're not working, we're thinking about work. Like, you know what I mean? So there's so much to it. Absolutely. But absolutely. like at the end of the day, it's just a job Mm -hmm. and your job doesn't actually define you. And this is applicable if you are an entrepreneur, if you're not an entrepreneur, like you as a human being are bigger than the work that you do. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to remember that day in and day out. Exactly. Um, But I think like you touched upon like journaling or time for reflection maybe is one of the keys for fixing that problem. Oh, it's absolutely huge. Yes, it's absolutely huge. To touch on your point, it's it's a big issue when you tie your legacy into your career because your career is something you do to fulfill your legacy, right? Your career can't be your legacy. And a little personal anecdote with everything that's going on in the world today, and I'm not going to get too into the weeds on that, but you've got people, whether you agree with the recommendation or not, you've got people that really don't agree with it. And these people are going against their own moral code and their own personal assessment of their safety to participate in something they don't agree with to keep their job, like you said. And it's just like, they're almost saying, you might as well just make it explicit. You've implicitly shown me this. Now, let's make it explicit. My career is more important than my health. Yeah. I mean, it's hard though. Like it's hard if you have dependents, if you have children or if you have a mortgage or right, like these yes. societal pressures that we have, we need to financially be able to show up. We need to be able to put freaking food in front of our kids. So a lot of people feel forced to make decisions maybe they wouldn't have made because there's so much money tied to it. And I understand that pressure. Like I understand oh, 100%. how people are kind of in between a rock and a hard place and feeling very forced to do something that maybe they wouldn't do. And it's hard. And I know like when I was deciding on things here in Canada and traveling to see my family, I very much felt that because it was like, okay, not even work. If I don't do these things, I won't be able to see my family. So now I'm choosing between my health and my family. And a lot of people have also been in that position. And I don't think there's a right answer. Yeah, there's choices, right? There's just options. And even if you opted out from of like these things that people are doing, would the stress of not doing it and not see your family be worse than if you were to actually do the thing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that is that's a huge talking point that's come up, you know, numerous times, especially for me lately. And that's where not being tied into your own moral compass and your own actual purpose on this planet. And so, like for me, my purpose is to and get the most out of life for myself and to show my family the way to live a healthy life and to help as many people as I possibly can in the process. And so if I wasn't tied into that and I was doing something like managing a grocery store and, and this came up, I would have no bigger picture beyond the the Wednesday payday or the mortgage being due on the first or right. So it's like you can compare that to being, are you thriving or are you surviving? Right. Are you prepared for an emergency? Are you prepared for a loss of employment, you know? And so that's where it all boils into the holistic health, right? Are you holistically healthy? Are you you holistically healthy mentally, emotionally, spiritually, 
physically and financially. And so that's why it's just such a huge fish and un, un, huge fish to fry. And I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate. I don't know yet. Maybe we'll know in 10 years, but we all got hit in that head with a shovel with this outbreak a couple of years ago. And we were forced to look at our own mortality every single day. And some have, have taken the opportunity to look at it and say, hey, the truth of the matter is I am not in good condition to catch this. So I should do something about it. And I think we need more of that. And that doesn't just apply to catching a virus. That applies to losing your job. What if your spouse loses their job? Are we prepared? Are we prepared? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of awful things that have come out of the last couple of years in terms of people passing away and dying and our healthcare system is a mess and all and these different things. Yeah. But on the other hand, I think there is a lot of good that's come out of it. Yeah. Because I think it's been this like worldwide wake up call of Absolutely. how healthy are you? Like, actually, how healthy are you? Like, how much do you care about your like health? You know, people started buying supplements that support the immune system and like yeah. educating themselves on like taking vitamin C every day. Like that wouldn't have happened without this. So I think it's made people assess their lifestyle and assess their health. And I'm curious to see in the next few years assuming things get better, is that just going to go away again? And we're going to go back to kind of this lifestyle of not caring and it's not in our face anymore and it doesn't actually really matter? Or is this like going to be long lasting change? Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good question. I've wondered that myself and I haven't really come up with a satisfactory answer for myself. The closest I could get is that our, if, if, this, if they are able to dial in the formula on the vaccine and get it to where we know what the predictable you know, outcomes are, we know what the side effects are so that we can really safely market it, then I think we will be best off that way. And then so th those people that, that believe in the medical system are going to be safe. And those people that are like, I don't really trust the American medical system or Western medicine. I mean, that, honestly, that's where I, that's the side of the fence I line on. And I don't have any, I don't begrudge anybody that thinks opposite of me, but we've got to get in a situation where we know what we're dealing with our own health and with the measures proposed. And that includes all therapeutics. Is vitamin D good or isn't it, right? Is zinc good or isn't it, right? Like, let's just have a real discussion and get everything out on the table and know what we're dealing with so that we can move forward. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting, like, I'm pretty, like, on the fence about it. And my reasoning is because of my personal experience. So mm -hmm. when I was a kid having, you know, chronic sinus conditions, mm -hmm. these doctors constantly subscribed or prescribed antibiotics. Uh, my mom didn't know any better. My parents didn't know any better. So I was taking antibiotics like once or twice a year and wow. didn't even understand kind of what that was doing until I was in my teens and then started having real health issues. So like that first was like, okay, I like now I don't trust you. And then <laughs> secondly, like as a teen, I went and started birth control at 16 and then ha was on birth control, I think, till I was like 22, maybe yeah. 23, came off birth control. And again, my hormones were totally messed up. My cycle's all over the place. And still, I'm dealing with that mess of being on birth control for seven years. So my, it's, and I'm not, I don't blame anybody. And I take responsibility for my actions, maybe not as much when I was a kid, because I didn't know better. But right. still, it's just like this idea of listening to what these doctors say and Western medicine, and then mm. believing that it's a solution to your problem. And then later on dealing with the really crappy 
negative effects that are more serious than the condition that you actually went in for. Yeah. And so because that's happened to me twice, like once with gut health and then second hormonally, now when we hit a pandemic, it's like, okay, you want me to take this thing, but you said these other things would work and they didn't. And I am still suffering the consequences from that. So on a personal level, how can I trust what you're saying is correct? Yeah, exactly. And where the personal awareness and attunement come in is like, the question is, why don't I get to choose, right? But like you said, it's uh, the things that they purport to be the solution always have more side effects than, and they're generally at least a side effect in there that's worse than the condition you're treating. For me personally, the big problem I have, or I guess the big source of contention I have with the way we treat people now is not so much that, you know, are drugs good or drugs bad? Is surgery good? Is surgery bad? Like that's all situational, right? It's all dependent on the situation. But when we ignore the fact that there are things you can do prophylactically and in response to whatever your condition is, when we ignore that, then we have a problem because really the way I look at the the Western medicine is it's like a battlefield medic, right? If you're out there on the battlefield, you get shot, you need somebody to get you back on the field. And that's really what the purpose they serve. They're just there to get you back on the field. We don't care about root cause. We don't care about preventing your hip, your left hip injury from becoming a right shoulder injury. We don't, we're not worried about that. And, uh, and so there's a huge gap in between diagnosis and getting healed. And there's a lot of room in the middle to play and a lot of very effective measures in the middle. And to completely ignore that is something that we really need to address. And we need to have conversations around that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's exciting to see how much discussion there's been around all of this in the last couple of years. Of course, as two people who are in the biohacking world, we're very much like exposed to this like different way of of seeing things and, and different way of thinking. But, you know, I think the big thing that people come against is this idea of like preventative health and preventative medicine, right? So yeah. like biohacking is preventative. Of course it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. But it requires you to show up and do it every single day. And that requires time, money, and work. Like you have to buy a sauna or find a place that has a sauna. You have to spend time in nature. You have to look at your nutrition and your supplements and blue blockers and sleep and all like there's so many things and it it requires work. And, and I just don't think the average North American person wants to put that much work in. No, they don't. And that's, that really highlights a big thing for me. And that's, you know, what we do with our children. And uh, there's this kind of mindset out there, right? Where you can feed kids junk because they got fast metabolisms and they and they can, you can, yeah, if you got a kid that's picky and the only thing he'll eat is Nutella and waffles, then just give him Nutella and waffles. At least he's eating some. And what we're doing is like we're ingraining habits. And as you know, how habits work, right? Habits and behaviors and neurological connections. And it's like every rep that you put in is a rep that your brain remembers and it's going to follow that pathway. So when you're 23 years old and you just graduated college and you, you might not even know how to cook at this point. And then you're just expected to just go out there and figure it out when your metabolism slows down. And that's really kind of our formula. It's no wonder why it's broken. It's no wonder. Yeah. I I don't have kids right now, but I, I want kids in the future. And I don't even know how I would handle proper, adequate nutrition and like biohacking with children. I would right. like, I'm just so anal with it with myself that like, 
I, I need to do read a bunch of parenting books. I'll figure that out because oh, right, you could be fine. You're going to do great. Yeah, because on the one hand, like you said, I think it's really important to instill healthy habits from very early on. But then you also don't want to be too strict about it so that like when you're out of the house, they like feel like they can sneak candy behind your back and then they feel like candy's a bad food and right and like kind of start this like psychological weird attachment with food. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like a personal strategy for me is just you just do do your best to let them know what's right and wrong. And when it comes to, hey, dad, can I have a cookie? Well, yeah, you can have whatever you want. But, you know, here's the likely after effects of it. And if you think it's worth it, go for it. I like cookies. I like cake. I like all that. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's delicious. You know, who doesn't love chocolate cake with a scoop of ice cream? I mean, come on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just eat it late at night, you know, so you sleep well. So. <laughs> yeah oh man i yeah i think that's so true and even with like halloween approaching like Mm -hmm. we we moved we bought a new place and it's a condo it's ground floor and it has like a yeah it has an entrance to the road so this is the first year like i will ever have trick-or-treaters come to the door and i'm like i don't know what to buy because i don't support children eating candy right and i don't know what to give them because i don't think you can give baked goods anymore like i think it has everything has to be individually wrapped and like ethically i don't know whatever yeah yeah. like i I need to like google what healthy moms give kids on halloween because i have no idea because i just i can't justify giving candy gamma (laughs) yeah some gamma (laughs) go with that sugar i'd love to quickly pause this episode to talk to you about your immune health How are you supporting it? I'm currently doing a bunch of holistic self-care practices and biohacks, but I've also been looking at supplements lately, especially in the last year and a half to two years. Immunity is such a hot topic and something I think we've all been focusing on. I'm taking more of a holistic approach to my supplements rather than just having a singular supplement like a specific vitamin or mineral. I want something effective, natural, and easy to use as well. I recently started using Coffee Boost Immunity by Hana, which is a blend of herbs that support and nourish the immune system. It's a powder that tastes amazing because it's actually blended with coconut milk powder. So I add this right to my Bulletproof coffee every morning, so it's super easy to use and tastes really good. It has herbs in it like ashwagandha, holy basil, amla, and gaduchi, which strongly support our immune system through their adaptogenic, antioxidant, and anti-inflammatory effects. If you're looking for something more holistic like this, something easy to use by just adding to your coffee every day or tea, but you do want something that strongly supports the immune system and is research-backed, this is what I suggest. Hana's Coffee Boost Immunity is so, so good and so (laughs) honestly tastes amazing. What I also love about their brand is that they focus on sourcing impurity. So they have herb collectors in places like India and Kingdom of Bhutan, and they also don't add any preservatives or fillers, which is really important because I want a product that's research-backed, but I also want something that's natural and clean as well. So if you're interested in trying this, I highly recommend it. You can use my discount code, which is BiohackingBrittany in all capitals, for 15% off your order, excluding a couple of products, and you can get 
that through the link in my show notes or on my website. You can also message me as well if you need this link on Instagram or through email. So that is Biohacking Brittany in all capitals for 15% off. Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. What do you what do you do at your place for Halloween? We generally do the well, you know, that's a great question because I think this is gonna our kids are 13 and 12 or 14 and 12 now. So this will be the first year where I think we're gonna be like we're we're not going out. But typically what we do for our kids is we would we would let them budget their candy. So they did a really good job, you know, depending on how much they got, you say you string that out over a month or two or whatever. But for our giveaway, we do the typical leave the leave the leave the bucket out and put the sign that nobody reads it says please take one the first couple of kids to go and they get the whole thing but whatever <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah i mean i think you're right so i like i know you feel strongly about health freedom and obviously so do i uh, yeah and especially being in the states and like your healthcare system is is quite different from canada but yeah also the same in like the ethical way Sure. And that and the foundation. And I know you talk about like disease paradigm. So what do you mean by disease paradigm? Yeah. So like people, they really don't understand what stage they're in when they get a disease. Right. Or the same with symptoms. And and the way we look at symptoms is something we want to shut up. You know, it's like just shut that uh, just shut that kid up. And so we'll take an aspirin or whatever. But really, the way it works is you get pathology and then pathology develops into symptoms if it doesn't get corrected. And then if that symptoms management doesn't take place, those symptoms are going to spread and amplify. Mm-hmm. And if then we don't source and reverse the root cause of that, then it, it goes into disease. And disease is like the last step right before death, if it's a fatal disease. And so I think along with the Western medicine model of reactionary, I don't like to call it healthcare, but, you know, reactionary healthcare. Right. And so we get in a situation that by the time we address something, we're really far down the road. And so consequently, we're all, not we're all, but... You know, at, at, in the States, it, what is it? Something like two thirds of Americans die from either heart disease, diabetes or cancer. And so if we were acting prophylactically, that number I'm certain would be way lower. And so the disease paradigm, yes, we've got to understand where we're at in the stage. And so if you're acting prophylactically, just always try to stay in that pre-symptomatic stage in your life. And if you have any symptoms, you really need to, to look at what's causing that and don't just fluff it off. And it's not an aspirin deficiency right? It's not a melatonin. It might be a melatonin deficiency, but what are you doing to cause a melatonin deficiency, right? Why are you getting a cortisol spike at seven o'clock at night? What are you doing? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I, a lot of the time when I go on podcasts, people ask, um, like, where do you start with biohacking? Like, how do you become a biohacker? Like, what's the first step? And I always, always say before you spend a dollar honestly like before you even try and do all these hacks and these cool things you need to increase your self-awareness absolutely that is the foundation because so many people are not aware of their health and their symptoms so i have clients who come in and we'll talk about gut health and on their intake form they'll say oh, I, I don't have any symptoms like my gut health. <laughs> my gut health is fine. And I'm like, okay. And then, so we hop on a call and I'm like, okay, so do you ever get bloated? Do you have, like, how are your bowel movements? Do you have a lot of burping? Do you like, and you ask these very specific questions and then suddenly they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I'm actually yeah. bloated every single day. Like I wake up and I'm bloated and I'm like, okay, so what do you mean you don't have gut health issues? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's it. You know, it, it, the bowel movement, well, it's, you know, it's so funny. It's like everybody has good bowel movements, they say. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. How's your bowel movements? 
Oh, oh good. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Tell me what a good bowel movement looks like. I have four of them before I go to work. No, 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 no. That's not good. <laughs> That's yeah. not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. That is, it gives me chills when you say that for us, for our model at Biohacking Truth, it's the first thing on, on our pillar of, of health is, is attunement, attunement and awareness. So if you don't know what's going on, what, what you could have the best formula, the best plan, the best program, right? But if you can't talk to your body and you can't receive the messages from your soul and source and your body, I'm not saying you can't do it, but there will always be something missing and you will feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think like solutions can work unless you understand the extent of the problem that you're actually dealing with. Ooh, uh, yeah. Very yeah. Put. Very yeah. Put. So I think like self-awareness goes through, like goes with that of asking yourself these questions and educating yourself, right? Like yeah. buying the books about gut health and bowel yes. movements or like yes. listening to a podcast about them and just starting to learn about this. And then like through learning, you'll be able to look at your life and be like, okay, no, they're actually right. Like this isn't good. What can I do to fix this and start to get healthier? Um, oh, that was so powerful. You know, what comes up for me there is you, you've got to be able to trust yourself that you are smart enough and you are intuitive enough to find your solutions. That doesn't mean you won't need a guide somewhere along the way. That's not what that means. But the one of the scariest things that I see out there is that people don't trust their own intuition. And so they're look, we're looking for people to tell us what to think. You know, a good example was I was explaining to a client how, how everything works in their, with their back pain. And so basically, long story short, you got an unstable segment in your lumbar spine. That's where your pain's coming from. Here's why it's unstable. It's in these muscle groups and lack of integration, right? You explain it to them, you show them the anatomy, you show them everything. And you have them do an exercise that corrects it and you explain why it corrected it. And they're like, huh, okay, well, I'm going to ask my doctor about this. And you're like, okay, go ahead. But at some point you've got to trust their own intuition. We're smart. We are smart. I don't care if you've been educated on this topic or not. If you can read a scientific report and you can read a book, you'll be well on your way. Yeah. Yeah. I think society has just taught us to find answers in other places. And unfortunately, I don't think that whole model is going anywhere. You know, it's presented in school, in work, in social media. We're we're always looking for help from other people and other sources. But there is a movement though. There is, there definitely is a movement of people being like, no, no, no. Like you actually have the answers within. Um, And and we even see this with the whole intuitive eating movement, right? Yes. It's the same thing. Instead of being like, oh, I'm paleo. Because yeah. this person said I should be paleo and it's healthy and blah, blah, blah. It's like you, you show up to your kitchen and you're like, okay, what am I craving? What do, what do I actually yeah. my body yeah. need? Muscle tested or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're counting calories, nothing against calorie counters. And I, yeah, I utilize it a lot with my clients if they need it. But, you know, if you're not like about to compete in some sort of a competition, like a powerlifter needs to put two kilos on his total or that that fitness swimsuit competitor needs to be at a certain percentage of body fat, right? But normal everyday people walking around where you're like 15% body fat, if you're liking life and, and living well, like you don't need to count calories to get down to that. If you are attuned, like you said, if you're totally in tune with what your body's telling you, you know, what it's asking for and 
whether or not it appreciates what you've done for it lately. I mean, I know that sounds kind of uh, Mickey Mouse or Dr. Susie, but really it's the easiest way to explain it in my mind. You know, you've got to listen to those messages because there is that constant communication back and forth. Yeah. And I I know something that you focus on is weight loss and fat loss. Mm -hmm. And you talk about like how exactly what you said, like counting calories is actually not the solution. So what do you think the fundamental solution is then? If someone's like, hey, I, I put on 10 pounds during the pandemic, I'd love to just trim down again. It's stubborn. I can't do it. Like, what What would you say? Yeah, for, for that person, first thing you'd want to do is to get them in touch with what they're doing with their food, right? What are you using your food for, right? Are you using it for fuel or are you using it because you're listless or depressed or whatever? Because then you can talk about the food relationship. Once you get that established, the food relationship and how they're using it and get clarity on that, then you can find out exactly what kind of diet they should be eating based on their lineage and their own personal physiology. Because people generally, as you well know, if you're not eating satiating nutrient-dense foods and a macro combination that's best for your body, you're just not going to be satiated. And when we're not satiated, we're hungry. <laughs> so, right. And of course, there's the hormonal regulation that needs to occur, the metabolic regulation that needs to occur, and, and adaptability needs to occur. But all in all, getting them, like you said, totally aware of their situation and then that makes things a lot easier. The the how and what is, is, is of little use without the why. Yeah, I think a lot of people, like just because we're talking about the pandemic so much, like I think a lot of people have been eating for comfort. And I, I, even myself, okay. like I, I have found like, I'm like, I want a bag of chips. What, yeah. Like, why do I want a bag of chips? Okay. I'm craving fat and salt, obviously, mm-hmm. and I want to sit down and eat a bag of chips and watch Netflix and tune out of the mess yes. that I am yes. currently dealing with in my life. And that is problematic for many reasons, but I feel that. And even when I, it might be because I'm in, like intuitive, but even uh-huh. when I grab a bag of chips, I know I'm like, I want comfort. I want yes. food because this makes me feel warm and cozy and comfortable. And yeah. even though it's not healthy at all, I'll still do it because it's so, there's so much emotion behind it, right? Yes. Like it's not, it's not the chips itself. It's like the feeling of it. And I think yes. that's like the same with people who go to McDonald's, same with people who have like Red Bull in the morning. It's like the same thing. There's like this emotional component to these decisions. So for like people who are eating for comfort and maybe even escapism in the last like couple of years, like what would you say for that? Yeah, that comes up quite a bit actually. And generally it's, it just boils down to people wanting to detach and check out, or there is like an emotional attachment to it based on, you know, past traumas. But, but yeah, it's that it's basically the processed mental, emotional food, right? For your mental, emotional bodies, it's the processed food for that, the detachment. Whereas like the whole food for that would be like you mentioned earlier, getting out in nature. Right. So it's like, it's funny. I always think it's funny when people say they went on a camping trip, you know, it's like, oh, I went and, and unplugged or disconnected for a while. And it's just like, did you disconnect or did you connect? And, um, mm, and so, like that. People, yeah. And so whether it's binge watching, whether it's just being mindless on social media or combining that with junk food, it's just, we just want to escape this current state we're in, right? Whether it be the last hour that just drove us nuts or the whole day or the whole month or two years. So that, yeah, short answer would be that. Yeah. Get in touch with that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I even think of myself or my clients, like solutions for this, like tangible solutions. It's like, okay, first of all, again, like become aware that that is the emotion that you're feeling. 
right? Yes. And, and understand that maybe it's not normal, maybe it's not okay, but it, it's understandable that you're uh-huh. actually doing that because yes. of the circumstances that we're in. So, because I think then there's a lot of guilt that goes around it too, right? So like, yes, yeah. you see comfort and then you get your comfort and then the bag of chips is done. And then you're like, oh, wait, I actually feel really guilty now. I like, what is this going to do for my body? Or like, how's my skin going to react to this? Or like, I shouldn't be eating. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's all that kind of goes with that. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, the tangible solution that I use for myself, it's a real talk is like, I literally don't buy it because if I have it in my house, I will eat it. (laughs) Yeah. It's too easy to grab them, isn't it? It, It's just too easy. So I, I have to remove the temptation and have my fridge stocked with like very healthy foods. So I feel like I have options that are healthy for me. Yes, absolutely. That's such a great point. You've got to, and I can't believe I missed that in my response, but yeah, that's the most obvious, right? You've got to get it out of the house. And I'm sure you do similar thing with your clients where it's like, first thing, it's like, what do you got laying or how do you shop? Like, what's your strategy for shopping? Wait till you're starving and walk around and start, you know, yeah, yeah, you've got to remove the opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry because don't go grocery go right after you had a big salad or something. Yeah. After you know you had a very grounding meal or something. Yes. And then you're like, okay, I can do this and yes, exactly. to buy the chocolate bar on the way out type of idea. I know you focus a lot on like mindset too and, and mind hacking, which I think is very interesting. So what's your take on like the positive thinking and like choosing to be positive movement that is currently happening? I've got a, it's pretty nuanced in my mind, but mm. at, at first, yeah, I'll say for as an introductory to get somebody to realize that they do have the power over their thoughts and what they choose to give life to. What I see in the downside is that too many people rely on that as the answer, right? Yeah. Whereas it's kind of a surface level, it's like pre-psychology, it's a real surface level way to get into like the controlling or managing of your thoughts and emotions. But, you know, if you don't go any deeper than that, I don't think you're any better off. You might even be worse off because then you're going to be under some illusion. You know, for example, like the the movie, oh, what's the movie about manifesting? Oh, The Secret? The Secret. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so it's a great movement. I love manifesting. I fully believe it as a sign. But the way it's portrayed in that movie is a little bit like, ooh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's like, all I got to do is think about it and it's going to happen. Yeah. And so that would be my take on it. Like, yeah, choosing the positive, that's great. But it's like understanding what it is about yourself. And just like you talked about earlier, like being attuned to who you truly are and what's important to you. And why do I choose to be in survival mode with my thoughts? Why do I use the term, I'm just scared or I'm just worried or it scares me? You know what I mean? That people that like use that as a preface for a lot of things that they say, it kind of shows that maybe you're living in this like scarcity mindset as opposed to like more of an abundance growth mindset. So I would say definitely great for people to realize there is another option. It's more digestible for a lot of people, but sooner or later, you really got to start breaking down, going into the depths and and seeing what it is about you that, that makes you tick. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. I, I like the positivity movement and I think it does help and I think it brings awareness to it. But at the same time, I just question if it's a little too fluffy and like yeah. shallow kind of like oh just be positive but it's yeah. like but what does that actually mean like we on average in a day we have sixty thousand thoughts right 
So you're just telling me to make all 60,000 of my thoughts positive. Let me just switch that in a sec. Like it's no, we, we have to take a step back and like actually think more about it. Yeah. Um, and you can't play Kate. Yeah, exactly. We got to parent ourselves, right? I mean, exactly. parents. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. Like, I think the growth mindset is huge. And, and I mean, I, I definitely have the growth mindset and I, and I, I don't know. I think I surround myself with people who have growth mindsets. Yeah. And maybe it's part of being a biohacker is having a growth mindset uh-huh. because you're kind of like always thinking about how you can improve your health yeah. and reaching optimal health and like how you can be a better human being. But I just wonder for the general public, how many people are in a fixed mindset and how many people are in a growth mindset? Oh, yeah. It would be interesting to see any like analytics on that. Mm-hmm. But Boy, it's really being thrown in our face right now. You know, I mean, yeah. and I don't want to like, I'm not going to yeah. diagnose anyone I don't know or assess anyone I don't know. You know, that's not my place. But I do know that people that tend to live in fear or have a fear first mindset, right? They're in a protective survival mode. Right. Those are the people from what I've noticed, what I've observed and experienced. Those are the people that are more likely to be stuck in, in a scarcity mindset. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And and you're right. It is it is definitely thrown in our face right now. Yeah. It's yeah. And so I also just think about like my goals and like my ambition, right? So how as like an entrepreneur, like how do you continue to move forward with your business and grow and create something substantial, but also know that you are not your work and also work on yourself and also kind of be grounded at the same time and not be obsessed with your work. That's the issue that I deal with. Um, And I think a lot of people deal with that too, is like, I'm very aware of these things and I'm very intuitive and I identify as a biohacker and I do all these things. But at the same time, I still want my business to grow and I want to be more successful. Yep. (laughs) So, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent. No, but. no, please do. I love tangents. <laughs> I love them. I absolutely yeah. love rants. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that's definitely, I think anybody in this space is going to, is going to battle that. And it's like, we've got to be just as real with ourselves as we tell everyone else to be. Right. And just because you reach a certain point in your overall development, that doesn't mean that you're immune to this. And, and I'm sure you've seen the same thing, but I've seen a lot of people, even in our space, but certainly in the health and fitness space, but it's like there was a time when they were looking like they were embodying what they say. And then all of a sudden now they're like, it's like, whoa, dude, did you get any sleep last night? And and so I think everybody's got to deal with that. For me personally, the strategy I employ, it's far from foolproof. And I could tell you that I'm just as likely to get pulled out of balance as the next guy. But, you know, I have yin and yang days. (laughs) And so this all ties into like our nervous system. But so I'll have days when if I know that I've got a just a packed calendar for the day, and it's just going to be a particularly challenging day. I just know, hey, this is a yang day and you've got to, you've got to hike up your straps, your bootstraps, and you've got to just go in and get it, right? So my workout's going to be yang that day. The music I listen to is going to be yang that day. But then I'll have days where maybe my calendar's a little lighter. And then a day like that might be two hours foam rolling and stretching and walking at the gym while listening to some binaural beats. And, cool. and I, I used to do the like... Ah, if I feel good on the weekends, I'll work on the weekends. But now it's just like, no, you're not working Saturday, Sunday. I don't care how far behind you are. And so that's forced me to really utilize those yin and yang days for myself. Granted, it's still a work in progress. And there's still days where I'm sitting there staring at that laptop and it's Saturday. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so 
Yeah. Is there an answer to that? Gee, I don't know. Gee, I don't know. But boy, I think people in our situation that are proactive about what we do and we have a, a big, big purpose why, why we do what we do. Yeah, we might get pulled out of balance, but you know, then take a look at the people we're working with and that consultation call from someone who doesn't know what to do. And they're just, they're completely lost. And then put yourself in that world and being like, okay, yeah, you know, I think I'm doing okay. Yeah. I also, I, a while ago, I talked to somebody else about this and she, same thing, like entrepreneur. And she was saying that she really looks at life as like seasons. So Mm, instead of like, how am I going to be balanced today or this week? It's like, what season am I in right now in life? Okay. Like I'm in growth stage of my business. Like I need to get to X, Y, Z in the next three months to make ends meet or whatever your goal is. Right. But then on the flip side of that, you might reach a point where things are going really well and it's the summer. And so you actually take a step back from your business and and you don't work weekends and you take time off, right? And, yep. and so it's kind of looking at it over the whole year of yeah. like, when am I pushing and when am I stepping back and letting Love this it. chill so that I can refresh and then show up better. And so even right now, it's October and I'm thinking about the end of the year. And I'm like, okay, like I kind of want to stop working mid-December. Like I want to take like actually time off and not be so pushed to get everything done. And so then giving myself space and time to refresh so that when I come back in January, I'm like, okay, let's go. These are the new goals for this year. This is what I'm going to do, right? So it's just kind of like, yeah, over time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to me, it just speaks to like the archetypal nature of us, right? One you know, one month you might have to be the warrior and then you might have to be the wise woman, you know, and I, I just love that. And it's, again, it all boils down to being aware and intention, having a strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And taking a step back and giving yourself space and time to create the strategy, right? Like, because I even find like I get so caught up in the day-to-day work, but then I'm like, wait a minute, what, what am I actually moving towards here not just like answering 20 emails a day it's like no no no. okay wait what is this actually doing for the bigger picture of my business and of me as a human being absolutely Um, so i think we need time to like yeah strategize and and give our brains the opportunity to be creative and kind of yeah think about where we want to go yeah yeah and i don't know about you but i i know for me when i get too deep in the weeds on one side or the other generally for me it's on the yang side of of things mm-hmm. is it's so hard for me to it's like a compilation of like days yeah. of yang energy and so hard for me to put myself in a chair and like stare at a candle right <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like but no this is exactly why you need it or okay yeah. i'll do it yeah right? this is that ego putting up it's like uh, defenses it's got a death grip on control yeah it's interesting when that happens because i think it speaks to how badly you need that yes like so when I, like, I went camping in, I went camping a few times this summer and I went in August and I think it was August or July. I don't know. And it was totally off grid. So no service. And Beautiful. it was like weird. Like the first few hours or even maybe the first day that I was there, I don't know. I was kind of like anxious of All like, right, yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I can't be doing anything right now. Like I'm supposed to literally just tan on this beach for hours on end. Like, what do you mean? I can't like, I can't be responding to Instagram comments. You know, it's, it's not working. It's just using Instagram. Like, and I would, my nervous. I'm like going to nurture. <laughs> exactly. My nervous system was literally 
like that overstimulated that even when I took a break, it didn't, I didn't feel calm. Like I didn't feel better. And I was like, this is how bad this is, Brittany. That literally I was like, wow, this is a wake up call that I need to be taking more time off and balanced because I don't feel good when I'm taking time off. And that was the first time that that's happened to me. And it was very eye opening. Yeah, it's it's uh, almost like you get pinned sympathetically, right? You just like get stuck in sympathetic dominance. And it's just like, holy crap. Yeah, I've been there before. It's like, I'll sit there for like a half of meditating, quote unquote, meditating. It's like, I never got into meditation. You know, it's like, holy yeah. moly, you, way too long in between sessions. Way too long. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, boy, good thing you have the awareness though, right? The awareness to know that you need that, you know, and the wisdom to apply it. Yeah, exactly. For people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I will like want people listening to this episode to like know about that because yeah. when I look at like influencers and, and these healthcare practitioners, I'm like, oh, you must leave this like perfect life and you must be so healthy and things must be so easy for you. And it's now like we struggle as well. And we constantly have to show up every day to be healthy, just like you do. Yep. Yep. We wake up some days tossing and turning for whatever reason. And, you know, like we wake up, my order ring says my readiness is like 70. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, but I got 110% day today. Well, you're, you're going to have to do yeah. something, bud. You're going to have to go. You're, <laughs> you have to go hack your way out of this <laughs> to get yeah. some rest tonight. Yeah. No, no, you're totally right. Yeah. It's just a lot of work, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. 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 And, and once we get here, you know, obviously we're all a work in progress, but right. But you know, I can't, uh, I, I don't want to speak for you. I'll speak for myself here, but you know, comparing where I'm at now, even the worst of days comparing to where I was when I was in my health prison, right. Whereas like, literally I felt like you were behind bars, what you wanted to do, you couldn't do the way you wanted to feel, you couldn't feel right. The, what you wanted to see in the mirror, wasn't there. And so it's, this is the gift I want to share with people is that you're not that far off from feeling amazing. If you can eat clean for five days, you'll feel like a different person. That type of stuff. It's just this gift of freedom that that wonderful people like you and myself are destined to share with this world. I love that. I love that. So if people want to connect with you and potentially work with you, where can they find you? Yeah, probably the the easiest way is just reach out direct email, uh, jerry at biohackingtruth.com. And you can check our website out. It's got all our services and on their biohackingtruth.com, or you can find me on social media, Jerry Kuykendall or Biohacking Truth should, should get you to me. Amazing. I will definitely add all of that to the show notes. And thank you so much for coming on. This was a very um, eye-opening. Yeah, it was a wonderful conversation. I look forward to connecting more. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.